you could have been a bad person for your whole life or done things you're not proud of, but you can choose to be better in any given moment. And that's a powerful thing. Get ready to receive your miracle. Whether you desire a miracle in your finances, relationships, or purpose, you'll find guidance here. Miracle Minded is designed to move you out of your head and into the realm of faith, manifestation, and miracles. These conversations will inspire you to move beyond limitation and into alignment with your highest and infinite self. I'm your host, Nicole Sylvester, best-selling author, spiritual coach, and modern miracle worker. But it wasn't always this way. My path was one of violent abuse, addiction, and mental health diagnosis. Terrified of spending my life that way, I turned within and surrendered to miracles. My struggle as a single mama on welfare to building a half a million dollar business, living and thriving in my purpose. Now I'm here to support you in sparking miracles in your life. Are you ready? Let's get started. All right, so we have my longtime friend and also a character, a love interest from my memoir. So I know a lot of you have asked about the people in the book. Some of you ask, is it even real? Did you make any of that up? And you ask if I have contact with anybody that's still in the book, and I do. So I wanted to bring one of my friends, Darnell, who is Warren in the book, onto the show. So welcome, Darnell. How are you? Hello, hello. How are you, Nicole? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> and I used to call I you know. Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's so funny. I hear people like, well, they're still from like the old world where I was Nikki. And I hear yeah. them when they come to my live events or something, they'll be like, Nick, Nicole. <laughs> and you I'm sort like, of look around because you, you haven't used, you heard that in a while. So yeah, no, it's all good. I always say, call me what you want to call me, especially if you're my friend for a long time. So anyway, so glad to have you on. I think it's such a happy to be just, here. Thank you. Yeah. It's just interesting that, you know, we could have this conversation if we think about, I don't know what year we met, probably like 2003 or something, 2002. Was it that long ago? Yeah. Because my daughter's 14. We think about back then, I would have never thought you're going to be on my podcast in the future <laughs> and I'm going to write a book and you would be in it. So I like where life just takes us to places that you don't expect to go. But today I want to talk about, we're just going to flash back because I know some of the readers are just curious, right? Like I touch on you a very, it's just like quick, but um, we definitely are going to talk about some things in this show that we typically don't talk about. I know when I have this show, for the most part, we talk about, you know, five steps to doing this or three steps to have a miracle mindset or two steps to make more money. But this show is really about taking the listeners taking you on a journey into where both Darnell and myself have been and then where we are today in the mindsets. And one thing I love about Darnell is like his mindset and he is just very resilient. So that's what we're going to talk about. Darnell, do you remember when we first met? Yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was actually crazy. <laughs> yeah, I actually do. I actually do. Yeah. Um, out there in uh, good old Philadelphia, my old stopping ground. Um, yeah. At a spot called, should I say the spot? Yeah, it's funny. It's still <laughs> there. Called cheerleaders. Wow, I, I can imagine that it is still there. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I remember that day. That was crazy. 
we met and sort of hit it off right away, had a connection, and, you know, just went from there. Fill people in. What is cheerleader? Some people have not read my book. So if you haven't read my book by now, people, get it. It's on Kindle. You can get it on Audible. It's very entertaining. Yes, <laughs> but also inspiring. get it. It's a great yeah, book. So very, very us- interesting. A lot, of, a lot of lessons to be learned. But yeah, so we, we hit it off. Cheerleaders is basically like a go-go bar where it's not like a strip club, it's just like, can be topless, but for the most part, it's like girls in bikinis. Yeah, yeah. But a very, very interesting place, very diverse group of people you might find there. <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting, because it's over by, you know, the stadium, so it, you know, it, it draws a diverse crowd. It's an interesting spot. I used yeah. to love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Back yes. in the day. I was like the worst stripper because the thing is cheerleaders was the place I went second because I was like, Oh, you don't have to be topless. It felt less bad. What I realized is I don't like a, I don't want men touching me. Like I'm just not good at flirting. Like I just, I'm not good at like small talk. Like I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, and that was funny. I noticed that right away. And it was funny. It just, I could tell that you, you know, obviously didn't really belong in there, but you know, yeah. it just, you're just like, you know, whatever. Like, what can I do to make money? Making it happen. Yeah, you got to make it happen. (laughs) Yeah, so that was short-lived. So, you know, met you, and then we were just, like, dating, if we want to call it that. I wouldn't call it dating in this season of my life. But, you know, we were were seeing each other. (laughs) Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you had a very, like, mysterious lifestyle because it was you and Chris, which you were like, this is my cousin, and you guys were staying at this hotel. And this is like red flags all over, but I was like living in a lifestyle of red flags everywhere. So it didn't really, I'm like, whatever, not my business. But <laughs> I remember, yeah, I was super, like, oh, good. Yeah, super, uh, you know, super under the radar, like, you know, different cars, different hotels, different houses. Like that was, right. that was the lifestyle, you know, never wanted anybody to know where I was at or what I was doing at that time. And that's just part of the lifestyle. It's interesting. It's interesting. I can't say that I'd ever want, you know, live that way again. But, you know, at that time, I had, you know, had a different mindset. I was much younger. and It is what it is. Yeah. No. So like you and Chris were like always together and you're like, yeah, well, we're we live in Vegas, but we also have a spot here. And I was like, okay, interesting. That seems like fun. You know, I'd never been to Vegas at the time. And then I was just like, okay, what do you guys do? I don't even remember what you told me you did, but I was like, okay, fine. Like, <laughs> you know, just probably, went along probably, with probably, it. Probably the infamous real estate or some <laughs> lie, something like that. Yeah, it was a so lie. Many, I've used so many of them, although I, I ultimately did have money in real estate down the line. But I'm sure at that time, I wasn't really interested in that. I yeah. just was interested in making it, making the money. Yeah, making money like and making it fast. So interestingly enough, like we did this for I don't even know how long had passed, but we were doing this. I didn't know anything about what Darnell was doing, but on the back end of my life, you know, I also wasn't telling everyone what I was doing because I was living with two of my friends from high school. I was doing cocaine as like as fun to keep up and to stay awake and stuff because as I share in my book, I was like on this like just in a depressed place. I was not in a great place and I was just kind of managing and I was dancing because I couldn't go back to a regular job. Like I didn't know how to function just being sober all the time and like having to deal with everyday things. But 
when I would hang out with Darnell, it was kind of just like having fun, going out to eat. We would go out to like club or something like that. And then one time we were at my place, the boot, we call it this house on the, the boot. boot. <laughs> and that used to crack me up. <laughs> yeah, we call yeah. it the boot. It was like this one story ranch style house, like on this road with like all this land around it. But it was just the place that those people, Monday through Friday, those two guys, they worked their asses off. They were so normal. But when it came to Friday and they got off of work, they didn't sleep the whole weekend. They were just up drinking, doing coke, like whatever, the whole weekend. And I remember one time you found out and that's what kind of just like, you were like, oh, okay, so oh, here's yeah. what we do. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I was like, uh, you know, the light, the light bulb went off and I was like, oh, they do what? Back then, yeah. you know, when you're in that uh, lifestyle, you're always looking for obviously new customers. So, right. and, and, and back then I used to think, you know, they're going to get it from somebody. So it might as well be me. That's what I thought too. Like a businessman. I mean, that's, that's what it is. So yeah. yeah, that's definitely how I thought. So I was, you know, the light bulb went off and I was like, okay, this is how I was thinking. It'd be opportunity for you to make a lot of money and for me to make a lot of money and still be behind the scene, not, not really get involved with your people. Yeah. So like that's, you that's, didn't that's always involved. your thought. <laughs> yeah. That's to just shed light on the mindset of somebody in that game. Like you want to make as much money as you can without people knowing that it's you which I was very good at yeah you guys were good at that and then so like they didn't know they didn't really know you or about you and I would do that and that was like my intro to that world because once I understood how that worked and for me it was like it gave me a sense of power because now like all those people that came to my house needed me they were wanting yeah. stuff from me and then I was like okay then I can stop dancing like this doesn't make any sense going and doing this and having to like be close to people I don't want to be close to like I'm just going to do this instead interestingly enough and then I forget what happened but basically you and I got in a fight <laughs> that was the end of that <laughs> like you didn't even do anything you just like I was just like I don't know I was just I think I was in my feelings and I was also going doing all that other stuff in the background you said something to me and then I said something to you and we were just like it was done and I didn't see you for <laughs> years after that right like wow that I, you know what that's so crazy i couldn't even tell you what happened but yeah i remember basically. when it happened it happened at the nightclub denim because i remember like you getting so pissed that we were both like i was just being a bitch and you were pissed and it was just very like it was just very it was done after that but i didn't see I you for years well, how I do you remember was, i think that was a, a the night you was real you was hammered actually and you were yeah, kicking was people <laughs> and we, we thought it was funny at first so you know some drama started and I was like yeah. oh man yeah like this is what happens when you take you know someone and you're like drugs alcohol but of course the drug thing was like behind the scenes so yeah, yeah it's just a bad combination but I remember that happened and then you and I just like split ways didn't talk to you for years I didn't even know what happened to you or where you went and then I ended up going to Vegas with like eight people for my 22nd birthday. And I met this woman who invited me to come out and live with her. And then that's how I ended up in Vegas because she, she was leaving her man and she was like, you can move out here. It's so cheap. Everything's new. And I saw it as an opportunity. I was like, I need to move there. And then you and I didn't talk. And it wasn't until I think 2008 when the murder happened at my house and I split up from well, Devin went to jail and all those things that I reconnected with you and Chris. 
Isn't that yeah, right? I, I, yeah. Yeah. No, I think I've seen you a few times uh, before that, but just very briefly. Okay. I'm like, time, I can't at, at those times, I had my daughter, and then I around, yeah, I had my son. I had my daughter and my son by that time. So our daughters was, are like the same age, similar age. I was really wrapped into that. And, the, and then I sort of pulled back from the, the game that I was in very deeply. And the, when I say the game, I mean, high level of drug dealing. And it was like a multi-state situation, which came to a, a huge end. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I was still always involved in, you know, illegal activity. On you have like grow level. houses when I saw yeah, you, and then, like yeah, when I reconnected actually, with you. And, and, and that's, that's one of the, you know, where they say, get out the game while you're ahead. I yeah. did that to a certain extent. Like I got out the game and I had a lot of money at that time and um, transitioned into growing weed, <laughs> which at that Before time- Before it was, was legal. Yeah, it was not legal. So I would basically move into these high level golf course community homes and basically turn them out is, was the phrase. Basically, you go in and you turn them out. You start loading them up with weed plants until the, the whole, all the rooms are taken. Like it's a full grow operation in a nice home where if you even walked up to the home where I even let you in the living room, you would never know. So it was yeah. crazy. And I had about four of those homes and I was doing all the work myself. I actually loved to do it. I actually loved to do it. It was very interesting. It was like, I definitely had a green thumb. Let's just like, say that. <laughs> you're very close with nature, right? It's like, yeah, but yeah. I've been in some of those houses. Like some of our customers had houses like that. And it was really bizarre because the whole house would be plants. But then like the kitchen and whatever rooms connected to the kitchen would be regular. Like you could yeah. live there. And, and I had, um, you know, had, had different techniques to obviously um, suppress the smell and stuff like that. I would move in like, a full scale move in, like I was really gonna be living there. So yeah. you know, it was all—it's all a game, and that was part of it. But it was—it was very interesting. I actually enjoyed that. So for people to just kind of grasp at the height of all the things you were doing, how much money were you making, like either monthly or oh, annually? I was—I was definitely making. You can never really tell, but I'll probably say forty or fifty month a month. Yeah, 40, yeah, 40 50,000. 40, 50,000 a month. Yeah. I made hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars and touched millions of dollars. Yeah, because it was years. Like, like I said, I met you in probably 2002, 2003, maybe 2003. And then we didn't reconnect until 2008. And then you were yeah. still doing this. So now let's talk about this. So you were still doing that. You and I barely talked. I think we'd meet up for like drinks or something here or there. And, um, you had a whole separate life. I really didn't know what was going on. Talk to you and Chris. And then this is where I was like buying some stuff from you all because I was like my lifestyle, just like totally, yeah. you know, like I was like living in a place where we had this gorgeous home, everything was taken care of. And then all of a sudden I'm just single mom and I haven't worked <laughs> for years. Like I didn't know how to function. So I yeah. reached out to you all, bought a few things from you. And that yeah. was like where all of a sudden I think I met with Chris or something happened and you ended up in jail. Tell us what happened. Like, how did that happen? Well, what had happened was there was somebody else that I was connected to um, was being watched by the feds, <laughs> federal government. They basically wrapped me up 
in, in that situation, which I, I didn't have nothing to do with that particular situation, but they found one of my grow houses. So um, they snatched me and my cousin up, Chris, and then it, it wasn't a huge charge. It wasn't a big charge, but they wind up holding me for the grow house, which they eventually, not right away, but because that, that wasn't necessarily a federal offense. But um, when you have it over a certain amount of plants, whatever, then it becomes federal. So they wind up later on charging me with a federal offense in which yeah. I got 14 months fed time for that. And my cousin, Chris, since he was wrapped up into something else, he was actually involved in the other situation. They wind up holding him and keeping him. So it was March 13th, 2009. And they wind up keeping him. I got out for another six months where they wind up uh, indicting me. And then I had to turn myself in. At that time, it was only a 14-month federal charge at that time. Mm. So... <laughs> I might as well just get straight to it. So while I was at a federal camp in California, I was at a spot called Taft. I was basically done my federal sentence. I, I probably had to do like eight months or something like that. And I was like a couple weeks away. And I thought I was coming home and I thought everything was going to be fine. And for me, it was like a vacation because, you know, I was living fast. I was, you know, drinking a lot, just partying and just... It was like a vacation. I started really getting into my health. I started reading a lot in that time. So as so wait, I was about tell us about to, that. You say it, well, um, you say it's about a vacation, like because federal <laughs> wherever you went is much different than like what we see. Oh yeah, yeah. On TV, a federal, a federal camp is nothing like people see in TV, like where you see all these violent acts going on. Like I was basically locked in prison in a federal prison with. Uh, mortgage brokers, mayors, um, pastors, preachers. Oh my gosh. People think, people think it's like, you know, it's just like drug dealers or just bad people like murderers or something like that. Like this federal camp that didn't even have a fence around it. No bob wire. Like you could oh walk. I could, I, I could have walked off and left. So that's, I got a slap on the wrist for the first offense. And I was in there with, you know, doctors like every everybody from every walk of life that you can think of <laughs> at some point winds up in, in in federal prison like i said all those types of people so it's it's all kinds of people but usually those white people, collar crime yeah so usually those people go to the, the lower security levels mm -hmm. and that's what it is it's a minimum security level Mm. So I, I was just over there, basically, like I said, it was like a vacation. Like we would call it like a college because you're basically just learning and working out and stuff like that. That's and yeah. also to add another point, that's where I really caught the fitness bug. Because although I always maintained, you know, good shape and I was involved in sports for years in school. And after that, I was always in shape, but I really got into it and which would kind of lead me to where I'm at today. So wait, so, go back to, because I cut you off, but back to this, you were in there for 14 months. Yeah, so 14 then, months. Um, yeah, so I did that, and I was about to come home, and I, that was, <laughs> I'm just building it up so you can kind of visualize it. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, you know, doing all the papers, pre-release papers. I was doing all my classes. Like, I was about to go home and be released. It was about to be over. Mind you, at this time, I, my kids were like, Four, I, I had my older son who was like 12. And my daughter was four and a half and my son was two and a half. I had my little ones 
So I figured I'm going back to them and everything was going to be great until uh, I have to preface this by saying this was, I, nobody can imagine what I'm about to say unless it happens to you. You can think about it, but it's like, a, you know, most horrific things that happen in people's lives. Mm -hmm. um, you never, like some of the things you went through, I can't really, I can try to think about it, but I can't really imagine it. You have to have it happen to you to like have even a, a glimpse of you. Yeah, the power in the devastation that it was. So what happened was, as I was preparing to leave, I had like a few weeks left and the COs came to my, my room, came to my uh, living area and basically told me to pack everything up and they, and they basically grabbed me and put me in an area called the shoe. The shoe is basically a prison inside the prison. It's where you go when you get in trouble in the prison. Mm. So they grabbed me, threw me in there, and shortly after, I didn't know why. And then shortly after that, I received paperwork that showed that I was being federally indicted again. Mm. Again. And I was facing 10 years in prison at the minimum. Wow. I had to face 10 years in prison at the minimum. I knew what it was connected to, but I had no clue what it was, what kind of evidence they had. Or Great. I didn't know anything. So I was like, at that point, I'd never been arrested. I'd never been charged. i barely ever even be, been stopped by the cops. And you were um, away for all this time. So it's like... Yeah. And yeah. so I was like, okay, I knew I did a lot of different things, but I'd never been caught. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah. so I was like, okay, it was definitely nerve-wracking and devastating. Because now I know I was about to embark on another journey I didn't have any clue about. Because like I said, I never, up until that point, that was my first time being in trouble. So I never got out from my 14-month my bid. And now I was being shipped to Philadelphia to face drug conspiracy charges, facing a mandatory minimum of 10 years. 10 years. Yeah, the, min so, the, the, minimum, the minimum. So is that what you got? Yeah, when it when it all boils, when it all shakes out, I I started to see once I got to Philadelphia, I started to see what was really going on in the criminal justice system. Although I wasn't innocent, I was starting to see that they don't need evidence, which they didn't really have any evidence on me. Which people see, people get confused when they watch TV crime shows. They think they have to have you like they catch you with drugs. They have to have you on wiretaps and phone taps but that's not how it works. All they need, it's called conspiracy. All they hmm. need is that you conspired to do something with somebody else. And that's it. Wow. That's it. So the, so the guys that I was selling large amounts of drugs to, we call in the game while selling, you know, selling bricks. I was selling bricks to them. They got jammed up. They became very big. You know, I had a, a very nice connection. And they, they became very big. And I wind up not dealing with them anymore. I, I cut them off, as we say, mm -hmm. so, so that I wouldn't get in trouble because I had the foresight to see that they were going to get in trouble. Yeah. So I cut them off. They continued to do what they were doing. They had no, nothing to do with me for years. This indictment happened. The last time I had any, done anything with these guys was years ago. But they have up to five years to come get you. And when they got wow. in trouble... They told on me, and that's what they did. They came and got me. 
I did not know that you could do that within five years. So tell me, and interestingly enough, they were listening to Chris's phone because I, this is something I share in the book is that I had just stopped totally selling anything. Like I was just selling little stuff to like our old customers just to kind of get by. And because of my new boyfriend, he was just like, what the fuck? And it made me wake (laughs) up. I'm like, oh my God, everyone in my life, including my parents and my grandmother are okay with this. It's a normal way of life for all of them. And then all of my friends, you and everyone. But I got something in the mail one day and it was like, it was Chris's phone that like, it was from the FBI. And I was like, oh my God, they were listening to our calls. Like, I'm so glad I stopped. But so they were doing something like that. So that 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 was the 14 month thing. That was, yeah, that was the first situation. They were tapping his phone actually. And they were on that situation. Tell us the feelings because just for the sake of time, this is important. You know, like we all get bad news, different levels of bad news, whether it's someone dying, a diagnosis. For you at that time, it was this, right? Like, tell me some of the things that are going through your head when you, when the case is closed and you have to go to jail for 10 years. Definitely, definitely. To make a long story short, when I got to Philadelphia, I seen, really got with the people in there who were going through different things. Some were going to trial, some were snitching. which a yeah. lot of a lot of people in the federal institutions they snitch to get a reduced sentence so they tell on their mom dad sister brother everybody just to, so they don't have to pay for the things that they did wrong and needless to say that's that sucks it's a real shitty thing i had guys in there basically trying to get me to snitch and for me just the way I grew up and the way I am as a person, my character, my principles and stuff. And just the way I felt like I wasn't going to bring other people down for the things that, that I did. Like it was my fault that I was there. Uh, you know, it was actions of mine. So needless to say, I, I wasn't going to take that route. Cause once you're federal, let me touch on this real quick. Once you're federally indicted, especially for a drug case, you're either going to tell on everybody, you know, and work for the government, or you're gonna get a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So with, with that said, I was facing a, a basically a mandatory minimum. So the minimum I could get was 10 years. And yeah. you know, like, like I said before, I never, I only had got arrested once. So they counted it as, it was two indictments, but I, I got, it was only counted as one charge because I was only in jail. I never got out of jail and got arrested again. I was only arrested one time. Okay. So, I basically went to get sentenced, you know, skipping fast forwarding, and I received 120 months in federal prison. And the feeling, you can't even describe, it's, it's like a numb feeling. It's basically like your life is over. It's yeah. like your life has ended. Everybody, all my, my beautiful kids, my life, like, mind you, I had a beautiful mm-hmm. life, beautiful kids. I, had all kinds of things going on, uh, had all kinds of money, all kinds of things. And that was over. My life, as I knew it at that moment, was over. I thought it was over. It's like I basically was dead. That's what, yeah. that's what, getting, that's what getting 10 years feels like. It feels like you're never getting out. Yeah, like you're ne- I mean, you can't you're, imagine. You're never going to go home. You're never going to go home. That's what it felt like. And trust me, it's like you're numb. And then the long walk out of that, mind you, they're just handing out what we call football numbers like candy. 
Like when the judge looks at you and gives you 120 months, I, I had to recalculate that. I was like, well, okay, what is that? <laughs> What's 120 months? Yeah. And it was, I was like, you know, and then you realize, man, that's, that's 10 years. And then this is crazy. There was like almost a sense of relief because I could have got way more. Right. There were dude, there were dudes coming home, like, I mean, not coming home, but coming back to the cell block with 20 years, 240 months. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 15 years, first time offenders. Which right now you still be in. Offenders. Yeah, first time offenders. So I was like, at the level I was at, was at a way bigger level than most of these dudes. And I got 10, thankfully. I mean, they didn't, so you tell know, us, and everything. Tell us how it's like, like you were feeling numb. I cannot even imagine having 10 years taken oh, away from me. And I mean, I'm just grateful. And that's part of the reason why I felt guilty and didn't contact you for so long. And we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But I'm curious how for you, after you felt like that, what are some of the things you told yourself to oh, well, this, this is huge. This is huge. When you talk about a, a shift, like a whole paradigm shift, I made, mm-hmm. I made that decision um, basically right away, right away. Like as soon as I got back, you know, took that long walk back to my cell block, went into my room, sat there feeling numb and devastated. I literally popped up and this is how I handle life. I literally popped up and was like, Either I can fold and crumble or I can just take this and make the best of it and, and become stronger. Right then, almost immediately, right. I, I chose to take it and, and use it for all it's worth, get everything out of it. Basically, I was going to turn it into a situation where I was in constant learning. Like I was away at a college or a school where I was just going to dive into learning and bettering myself. We're pausing for one moment so that I can remind you, if you haven't already, to get the gift I made for you, Abundant Dreams. You see, deep rest and relaxation along with making more money is something I truly want for you. To me, it's so important that every woman on this planet becomes wildly wealthy, joyful, and in alignment with her purpose. And you don't have to know how that's going to happen, but you must be willing to do the work. And a lot of the work is subconscious work. And that's why I created this. It's one part frequency music, one part sleep meditation, one part money mantra. And when you listen to it, it will just put you in a state of deep relaxation so you can drift off and have your very own abundant dreams. It's totally free and I have it for you. See the link in your show notes and take advantage of this. One key to opening up to receive more abundance is by circulating abundance. Now, I don't mean you have to go give away some money today, although if you want to, do that. But what I wanna invite you to do is to help others start making more money and receiving more good in their life. And one way to do that with absolute ease for totally free is to share this meditation with at least one person. But if you would like to share it with your community and tag me, that would be amazing. And I'm gonna give you a special shout out if I see that. Now let's get back to the show. I chose that right away. It was like a, a flip switch. It wasn't, it wasn't even a process. I chose either I'm going to stay in here and crumble and be weak or be strong and, and use it to the best of my ability. And that's the decision I made. I love that. 
that's why I feel like you're so inspiring because look, a lot of people can do it. And even that could go on for years and it takes some people, you know, I hear stories, I read things. I mean, I even know family that, that are in prison and they're always just like kind of, you know, in the negative state. So you did that. Oh, yeah. Some so people much. never make, some people never make it. Some people never, right. they never make it there. Right. So, so that's why yeah. making that early on and deciding, and I know that was true for you because it's funny because I thought about you and Chris a lot. Like I thought about you a lot. And I also had just a lot of my own guilt because I felt like my guilt was twofold. I felt like I had participated in all this stuff, you know, all the, the drug stuff. And then also with being with my ex and I had the guilt from this woman dying, which I felt like it was supposed to be me. And so then let me I ask, had the, let me ask, okay, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 I was, was going to ask you, I was going to ask you this. When did you feel like scared about it? Like nervous? Like, damn, no. I did all those things. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. I will. Yeah. I mean, I felt like not scared. Like I really didn't think I was going to jail for any of those things. I didn't know about that five-year rule. <laughs> so yeah, I never knew yeah. about that five-year law. So I wasn't scared or any of those things at all. Like that wasn't in my mind at all. For some reason, I was just crazy back then. So like, I just felt yeah. like, I don't know. I just felt kind of like I was going to be good in those ways. That wasn't the thing I was worried about external things. I was more suffering from my own internal space. Yeah. And when you guys went to prison and then I didn't know that it was multiple charges, any of those things, I felt like I thought about you so much and I wondered how you were doing and I never reached out. And I finally remember I finally got like kind of the guts to do it because I also was just like afraid to look it up and see what you got. And yeah. the funny thing is, I don't know Chris's last name. To this day, <laughs> it's such a weird last name. If I had to spell that yeah. out, I couldn't. But for you, the only thing that like saved me and, and helped me know your name was because we used to go to Atlantic City and gamble together. And I yeah. never knew that your real name was Alfred, right? But it was so funny because when we would play like blackjack and I remember the pit boss would walk up and be like, Alfred, whatever, and hand you your card. And I was like, Alfred? <laughs> what? Yeah. So it like that clicked and I knew your name. And one day I remember I was in the, it was like kind of when my life started shifting like five years ago or something. And I was thinking about you and I was like, you know, I'm just going to look them up. And I remember searching and doing all this like inmate searching and Google searching and I found you. And then I found Chris connected to it. And I saw what you got, I found what prison you're in. I wrote you. And then I would like send you books and things like that. Yeah. And then we were connected like I knew, I always had a belief, and I told you this when you were in there, that like you and Chris are going to get out and you're going to be wealthy again, but in a whole new mm. way, on a whole new level, because your mindset, your energy, and like Thank you can't you. take that from someone. Well, I told you that when you were in there. Do you remember? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. It's like, and that's my belief now about wealth consciousness, understanding your resourcefulness, understanding your power that like, I didn't know that back then. Like I wasn't connected to my ability to connect to that back in the day. You, I feel like you two were, and that's why I knew when you get out, like everyone's going to have a process of rebuilding, just like if someone had a bankruptcy or, you know, lost their exactly. business, right? That's kind of what happened. Like energetically, yeah. it's like a fresh and that's, start. And that's really um, two of the major things that I want to help people with. and you know, throughout my prison sentence, I helped a lot of different people with this. And two things is basically is the frame. And, you know, you, you've heard people say, you know, how you frame certain situations. This, mm -hmm. I, lear I learned this from one of Tony Robbins books when I was in there. Just a little side note, I've read probably a couple thousand books. Before I went to prison, I did not read one book. I never read a book. Yeah. 
I, I, you know, awesome. I could I could read. I was you know I did well in school and stuff, and I I did that. But I never read one book outside of school. That's just a little side note. Like you had so, no interest. I had no interest. I had no interest. It was sort of like get rich or die trying, like fifty. Like that's that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that was my mindset. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I dove into that because I knew I had to educate myself in order to be successful when I came home for myself and my kids and my family. So I dove into that tough. So it was framing. I framed the situation. Many people frame situations like that. It's all about how you look at it. It's not about what happens to you. It's how you frame and choose to look at what happens to you. And I chose to frame it as my life is not over. Those initial thoughts of my life is over. This is like, I'm never getting out of here. I chose to change that. I, I threw that out, threw that out the window. And I chose to say, man, this is going to make me super strong. I'm physically, it's going to make me super smart. Intellectually, I'm going to go on a spiritual journey in which I read every and studied every major religion, every major religion, every, everything. Yeah. Almost, I've read all the major books from the Bible multiple times to the Quran, to this, to that. <laughs> everything, yeah. everything. Nothing was off limits. And that's why I am. I'm a curious guy. That's how I framed it, that I'm going to use this to become powerful. So when I get out, I'll be more successful. I'll be able to help more people. Uh, I'll be able to do more things. And that's what I did. And it was all through picking up books. It was like a journey. I used to get excited about a new book. Like I used to get excited about when I was on the street, like uh, new sh shoes or clothes or jewelry like and to yeah. this day I, I get excited about new books and you you actually sent me a few of the most powerful books i've read so thank you for that yeah i remember i sent you happy pocket full of money which that, that's one of my know. favorite books yeah that's yeah, one of my I, favorite books it's such a random book but i swear like i tell everybody about it and see you guys i'm even sending it to people in prison <laughs> like you have yeah. to read this book because but you and i had conversations i think you called me a couple times but we would like email and you were telling me all the books you were reading. And I think that's so, like you said something right there, I'm gonna use this to become physically stronger, intellectually stronger. Like you were just like, this is gonna build me up. And that is such a choice. And it brings us into now. I mean, yeah. what's happening right now? I know some people are acting like it's devastating, it's the end of the world. And for some people, yeah, people are, people are sick. People are losing their jobs. And in yeah. that micro perspective, in the small mm -hmm. perspective, we can see this as, you know, like, this is so bad and everything's going wrong. And you and I had a phone call just randomly, like right when this shit was like really hitting the fan. That's why I was like, let's have this podcast. But it makes me think of everything you said there. That's exactly yeah. what people can do now. So tell me, yeah, like, what it, you would know, you tell people in the space? And, and like I said, it's just like when that happened to me, it was a devastating situation that I never been through. And I just chose, see, we all have a decision to make. We all have a decision to make. We can. One, one thing you learn about being in prison is that there's a lot of things you can't control. And that translates into all areas of life, whether it could be in a relationship, it could be about business. There's things you can control and there's things that you cannot control. And when you start worrying about things that you can't control, not only does it bring your vibration level down, you know, your frequency down, it brings you know, worry. So it adds a lot of stress to your life because you're worrying about things you can't do anything about. We can't mm -hmm. do anything about a viral disease, whether however it got here, however bad it is, 
we, we, you know, that's all up in the air. We know it's bad, but however it got here, we can't do anything about that. So what we can do is, and that's, you know, since I've been home, I've become a nutritionist and personal trainer, and I've helped a lot of people with that. And the main thing we can do is, first of all, really boost our immune system to help us fight off anything. We want to do that in general, just in, in life in general, but we want to boost that up. So we're, we're strong for whatever may come, you know, for whatever may come. So we can't worry about things that we can't control. All we can do is watch it unfold and prepare ourselves and our family the best way we can. Right. That's, that's and- one of the most powerful. That's one of the, the ways I look at it. And yeah, we, we just can't worry about things we can't control and we can't control the situation. The thing I want to point out too, because look, when things go down, people, people start thinking, especially with money, like they start thinking, well, I lost my job. So everything's ruined now, or this is, you know, there's less money now. Number one, there's not less money now, but you got out of prison after having all these charges. It is not that easy for a person of color, right. To go after they get um, out of prison. But I would say like, you got your hustle on found gigs like you're you were like building yourself up there was no like i don't know it happened quick like it was just happening yeah and and the mindset sort of just to jump back to that a little bit um the mindset my mindset is that i'm gonna win regardless yes i'm I'm gonna win like if you know that you're gonna win you don't have to worry about the details sort of the you know the universe or whatever you think that energy is going to propel you into success and and the thing about success is this this is not a linear line it's not a straight line like you're just not going to just be successful like nikki can tell you guys that just by her journey and you know she's become successful and it's it wasn't it wasn't like you know there was ups and downs and peaks and valleys so basically it's, it's your mindset yeah like even with this situation you know coming back to where we are now like my mindset is that i'm gonna win like other people think I think in, at this time, it's a devastating thing, and it is. I, I got laid off of the job I had. I was working at BMW over here in Las Vegas, selling lots of cars, making, making good money, and then I just got recently laid off. And to me, all that is is an, is an opportunity to pivot. We all have to pivot in life. We might yeah. want to do certain things, but you know, things happen that just... Um, force us into a different direction and that's where I am now and so I see this opportunity of what's going on with the you know coronavirus and everything and for me government control and stuff like that and it's a chance to pivot and go down you know just a different direction where I'm still going to be successful it's just you know there's different ways to do different things and you have to figure it out you know the the mind the brain is a, a terrible thing to waste all and I'm going to win regardless. Thing. Yeah. And, is like the key. Yeah. And even, and you know, another one of my models is even when I lose, I win. Yeah. Even when it's I true. lose, I win. Even when I lose, I win because I, 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 I learned something from that. You got to learn. You have to be able to, uh, life gives us lessons. That's why we go through, that's why we suffer. We go yeah. through things where we suffer to learn lessons that teach us. They're teachable moments. Like, uh, unfortunately, I had a hell of a one when I received 10 years in federal prison. That's, that's a teachable moment. I learned a lot of things from that. I learned a lot of things from that. And that, that was one thing I want to touch on real quick is yeah. self-reflection. 
If you mm. could, I always say like, if you could bottle it up and sell it, you you would be a billionaire. A pill that somebody could swallow yeah. and look at and look at themselves as they truly are. That's the most powerful thing in the world. And I'm checking myself on a constant basis. Like, hey man, like you know, get your shit together. Like, basically, you talk, you have a conversation with yourself where you can be honest with yourself because there's yeah. nothing worse than lying to yourself. And we've all done it. We've all been there. So it, it's just a constant, constant recalibration of your life, your the direction you're going in business, even relationships. It's a constant calibration of you because it all comes that. back to you. It, it all comes back to you. That's so powerful about self-reflection because, you know, that brings us into self-responsibility. And oh, yeah. I mean, that's like part of your character is that, and I, you know, that's why you were successful before, even in, you know, I look at people, look, there's a lot of people that sell drugs. Not everyone's going to be successful with it. And even me, I would have never been successful. That success, I could do the work part of it, but like my mindset was not there. My discipline wasn't there emotionally, mentally, I was a wreck. And like my ex was good with money and all that. But like for someone, when I see someone that's good, even right now, there's a lot of people living that are doing illegal things, but they're wise and they could be great entrepreneurs. Um, oh, yeah. It's just kind of misguided, right? Yeah, so definitely. now it's like that level of self-reflection, self-responsibility. I love that. And you're right. Like that's the key because even right now for anyone that's like, all right, I lost a job or I didn't have money saved or you know, I don't like the relationship I'm in and I'm stuck with this person during this quarantine or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Whatever it is, (laughs) yeah, like we got to look at, it's part of that self-reflection and self-responsibility. So what are the things like right now, because Mm -hmm. like right now you are in your victory story, like you're growing and shifting and stepping into your place and and like doing kind of like what I do is just helping people. And I know people listening are going to be inspired because there's people right now that don't have any of these odds against them. They don't have the record. They don't have the 10 years that they spent you know, like locked away from their family and from their potential, you know, and taking action. People have so yep. many excuses about their age and everything and they still aren't doing anything, but they want to. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great point. Um, one of the main things that, that I tell people, even as I train people, cause when I was down, um, basically in prison, we call that being down. Um, when I was down, I helped a lot of people lose weight and get in shape and and I really got a, a bug for that basically I got the I really enjoyed that just changing their life because if they're you know a lot of people are depressed and they you know they just sit around yeah. and eat bad foods and they gain all this weight and it just makes you even more depressed so I would just help a lot of people and that transition to when I get out so and I tell people this basically at any given moment you can choose to change and any moment any moment you could choose to change. And that's what it's all about. You could have basically done yourself dirty your whole life, ate like shit, um, you know, did drugs or whatever the case may be, mistreated people, and you can choose to change in this moment. And that's the most, that's one of the most powerful messages that I had come to understand just through, you know, just all my learning. I realized that for instance, say you're on a diet, right? And I, and I tell this to people I, I train, even if you have a certain diet, which I don't like to use the word diet, but just so everybody can understand what yeah. we're talking about. And you, and you get off that diet, right? And you're, you eat 
something like a piece of cake or something you know is real shitty to eat and you really should kind of be eating it. And you feel like your whole diet has gone to waste. No, you can just recalibrate and just get right back into it. If you yeah. fall off, you, you, you know, say you, your business is not going, you know, as well as you, you hope and you, you're feeling down about that, you can just, you can just pivot. You can just recalibrate and get back onto it. There's, it's never a bad time to better yourself. And it's never a bad time to better yourself. And it, it doesn't matter. You, like I said, you could, you could have been a bad person for your whole life or done things you're not proud of, but you can choose to be better in any given moment. And that's a powerful thing. It is. At any and moment, also, one, one thought can, and you can change your life for the better. And that's because awareness, right? So it's like you said, like, right. maybe you did the bad thing. Maybe you ate the bad thing. Maybe you did the wrong thing. And it's like, when we go into that little shame spiral of like, okay, well, Mm, I may as well never stop eating brownies because I can't stop eating them. It's like, or I didn't make the money this month and I got behind and now like, I just suck at my business. It's like, even for me, like I'm always, it's a constant choosing and recalibrating again and again and again. And it's Mm, like listening mm. to your mindset shifts, even with all you had against you, everything, all that heaviness that can like break people. Yeah, It's like, it's, it's that constant thing. And it made me like, when you're describing it, I don't know. I never like, I never really saw it like this or thought about it like this, but taking it in is like, our mindset is a living, a living thing. It's constantly like oh, yeah. just shifting and moving and we have to stay at the top of it. And, and even the, even the thoughts that pop into your head, like I would never do anything illegal again. Right. But those thoughts pop into my head. I can't stop that from when you live a life of crime, you can't yeah. stop thoughts from popping in your head. If you used to do drugs and I, and I went to different drug classes cause my, my choice drug was, was alcohol mm-hmm. and alcohol and ecstasy back in the day. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, um, like you have thoughts, you have, you have those thoughts. Like, so for instance, say someone had, you know, drug addiction or whatever, and they, they did it again. That doesn't mean that, you know, you have to slide back down that slope. You can be like, okay, man, I messed up and just, that's it. You can be back on the, on the good track. A lot of people, like you said, they'll eat that brownie and then just go haywire, <laughs> go, yeah. ham, go ham, as we say, like, and then, then you just, you're back down that path, but no, you just recalibrate. It's all, it's all a self-reflection and checking yourself and, and that's it. We're, we're going to have to do it for life. We constantly got to do that. We constantly got to recalibrate and check ourselves because can nobody check you like you? Yeah. Uh, right. Like it's really no one else's responsibility to do it. You know, it's funny you say that about like you wouldn't do anything illegal. You know, our beaches are closed here in California. And oh. the other day I go on the beach. I, I know it's closed. Right. But like the people took down the thing. So you could walk over. Of course. Yeah. And I literally was like feeling some guilt and I was like checking myself <laughs> because I was yeah. like, really, you're going to, you're, you're really letting this into your moment right now. You're going to, feel bad about this, the stuff that you used to do. <laughs> like, I did not care about a rule, a law, anything. And it's yeah. like, now I'm so like, it's just more of an integrity thing that yeah. if I know something's closed off for the better, that I know that I shouldn't be there. I know I shouldn't do it. And um, even though everyone else is doing it, like it just noticing that little bit of like, you start to become more in alignment with like your highest and best. You feel yeah. it inside. 
because unfortunately, no matter how ridiculous that rule is, and a lot of the rules that they're going to be coming up with in the days and weeks to come, they're going to be ridiculous. But unfortunately, if you still break them, I mean, you can wind up getting a ticket or getting arrested or whatever the case yeah. may be. So yeah, yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from. So we can, you know, I know I said it was going to be an hour. We went over a little bit, but I just want to yeah. leave people with this is, you know, during this time, you know, some people may feel dramatic, like it's jail. I was telling ladies on one of my call, I had like two bad days, like um, when the stuff first started, <laughs> I felt myself like just feeling boxed in. And I remember walking into the shower and I literally said to myself out loud, at least I'm not in jail. <laughs> And I've I've come a long way, but it's like, this is not that bad. And in the dramatics of our mind, and maybe from what we're used to, it can feel extreme. But if you were going to give someone, you know, like two daily habits that if they were going to be better on the other side of this and they Mm. were to commit just like you did, like, just like you did when you, you were facing something so much worse, but for people to be better on the other side of this. And that was just like how you said, I'm going to win regardless. And this is why you and I are still friends and still have phone calls because I'm protective Mm -hmm. of my energy. I don't hop on the phone with people and like a phone call, a text, a inbox message, all of those things. I really monitor my time. Me either. Yeah, me either. Right. So like, because you have this, I'm going to win regardless. That's why I love people like that. And right now I had that decision before this happened. I'm like, my business is going to grow regardless. I'm going to feel good regardless. Like this is, I'm going to be better. What would you give your your people two things daily? The first and most powerful thing is protect your health. Protect your health. What you eat, um, you know, affects how you feel. It affects your mood. It affects your your level of you know whether you're depressed, whether you're happy. What you eat and your health and your immune system is number one. Like if you're not, if you don't have that, you don't have anything. You could be super rich if you don't have health. What do you have? You know, so, I mean, get outside, get sunlight, eat as well as you can. Just, you know, if you can meditate, all the, all those things that are combined and connected to wellness, first of all, mm. so you can, mm-hmm. you know, so you can have a clear head for the times to come. You can have a healthy, strong immune system overall in general, but really now moving forward, you know, when you have things like viruses or whatever the case may be. You want to have a strong immune system. You want to be healthy. You want to move in the, that direction of wellness, mental wellness and physical wellness and, you know, spiritual wellness as well. So don't forget, you know, definitely meditate and all that is very powerful. So I that agree. would be one. Number two is to make um, the best use of your time. You have, we have all this time where we're not supposed to be going anywhere. We're supposed to be home. Like, we've never had this kind of time, most people in history, unless you're, you've been in prison. So I, I, know, right. I, you know, I know that how powerful it is to utilize, you have hours and hours in a day. Do you know what focus energy can do? Focus energy can do miraculous things. Anything you want to get done, for the most part, you can get it done. So any dream you have of any business, you, it, it might change due to the times, but you can accomplish it. So just make the use of your time, focus energy, and just be healthy, you know, just be healthy and and don't get hung up on everything that you can't control. That's, that's one of the main things, you know, don't don't get, don't get, don't get hung up on things that you cannot control because you can't control the government, you know? No, 
or, or you can't control a disease or, or a virus. Yeah. You know, you can't control that. You can only you can control your environment, which is your body. There you go. There you go. So with the two things, I'll just to, you know, follow up on what Darnell sharing is like, I'm in total agreement because my belief is if you take the two things you said, focus on being well. And yeah. if you really have that focus of I'm going to honor, because being focused on being well is really a self-honoring act. If mm, you're in definitely. that and then you're monitoring your time and being hyper aware of how you're spending your time and making best use, you're going to get an idea. You're going to be inspired. Like you can't do those two things and make that two primary focus and not get inspired because inspired is in spirit. And like, I believe in that. So yeah. it's like, and, and it's not like you didn't tell people to have like a 10 point checklist of all the things they need to do. It's like, it's really simple, but it's just prioritizing those, those things. So. Yeah. Cause we, we all get off track and we all get, whether you're scrolling Instagram or social media or something or whatever the case may be, all you have to do is recalibrate and get back on track. It's, it's that yeah. simple. Keep yeah, getting so, better. You get better. So and that, that's awesome. While, while we're here, before we go, I just want to tell you how proud I am of you. And Thank everything you. you've done, like I've, you know, in even when I read your book, I was like, wow, of course I was flattered that I was in it. And I appreciate that. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, just, just, there was things that I didn't even know that you went through and um, that happened to you and for you to persevere through all those things and come out on the other end, the person you are now, I'm, I really commend you for that. I'm proud of you and you're doing great work. Like I'm inspired. When mm-hmm. I listen to your, your podcast or some or your posts, like you inspire me to share more, which I, I definitely need, which I definitely need to do. So, you know, I'm honest with myself on that. So I, that's very inspirational for me. So I just want to commend you for that and keep up the good work. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And yeah, I mean, this is the thing is five years ago, none of this existed and I wasn't yeah. even really stepping into this space. And I think that's what I love to think about in life is just life is taking us on a journey. We're all being guided somewhere right now. And we got to have the courage to just trust in it, even if we don't feel totally ready, even if we don't feel like we can. And, um, you know, it's like controlling the the controllables, like you said, and like, what can I do? And like, really just taking a leap of faith and seeing where it guides you. And like, I've been so shocked at what that can happen. So I'm excited oh, to see it, where it, you'll it's, be. It's, it's beautiful and exciting. Like, Um, embrace the unknown so many people are scared of the unknown so they do certain things like they they stay in certain fields of business that they don't want to be in they they stay in maybe bad relationships because they're just scared of the unknown but the unknown is a beautiful beautiful place that's what life is that's what makes life worth living like you don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next you you can't control that and that's 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 exciting that's exciting that's exciting so that is exciting (laughs) We, we never know. <laughs> I remember believing this when I was already poor and like we weren't living a good life with my business. And I was just like, you know what? I know I can do better. And I know where I'm at now is not where I want to stay. Like, do I really have anything to lose? No. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, I have nothing to lose. Like, fuck it. Let me just try it. And um, I still live like that. But it's like, of course, we all have these like, there's a level of refinement that continues to come and come and come as we keep recalibrating yeah. as you yeah, say exactly yeah exactly so on that note i know that my people will um hear from you at some stage in some way oh, again yeah, definitely i'm i'm going to yeah. i'm going to like even me i'm going to crank up my level of activity on social media and you'll be hearing a lot more from me for sure 
I love that. So we're going to share Darnell's Instagram link below in the show notes and um, go see what he's up to. Go check him out. And as always, my friends, if this inspired you in any sort of way, share it with someone. You never know how one message, one podcast, one video, one post can touch someone. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have a lot of shame around a lot of things that is keeping them back in life. And, you know, my belief is that there's excellence in our humanness, in our fuck ups, there's excellence, there's gifts, there's messages, there's medicine. And I know that Darnell's message and his story is going to be medicine for someone. So if you know anyone that's, that's suffered or been in any of these situations, whether it's jail or know someone close to them, send this to them, send this to them because you don't know how it's going to reach them. And if you like this and you enjoyed it and it inspired you, screenshot it, share it, DM me, DM Darnell, let us know because you know, we don't, we don't know what people like to hear or not. I'll say like, I was a little bit nervous doing this episode because there's a part of me that like, I feel really safe always talking about the go get your miracle and all this stuff. Cause look, I believe in that. <laughs> That's like where, yeah. where I live now. Oh, definitely, so definitely. It's, it's very vulnerable to like bring up the old stuff, but at the same time, there's so much power in the reflection and in the flashback because Look, a lot can happen in ten years. A lot can happen yeah. in five years. You got to use it. It's just fuel. Everything, everything is fuel. Fuel to fuel your fire for, you know, whether it's business, just life in general. Just life is just beautiful. We only have one, so we have to, you know, just enjoy it to the best of our ability. Take chances. Live life. You know. Yes. All those so, all those things. Darnell, thank you so much for being here. You know, I always tell you that I do love you. I'm glad that we are still friends through all of this. And uh, we will continue to be friends and inspire each other and help people, like really help people remember who they are. So thank you so much. My pleasure. I'm here to help. Have you again. I love. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, Miracle Worker, I am so excited that we got to spend this time together. And beyond that, I'm grateful. It's a privilege to have you here with me. And I want to remind you that you are a miracle and you have direct access to infinite intelligence and you can open up to a radical, unbelievable, supernatural transformation in your life and business. Just that thought in itself can take hold in your subconscious and create beautiful change. And that's exactly why I'm challenging you to share this with someone you love today. You never know how one podcast, one message, one video can change the trajectory of someone else's life. And you get to have that kind of momentum in the universe. So take a moment and forward this on to someone you love. And if you feel really excited about it, share it with your Facebook, share it with your Instagram, share it with people and get them to listen as well. Know that the universe always pays you back for the good you put out into the world. So go ahead and get your miracle. Until next time, keep shining, keep showing up, and stay open. Mm